Who would buy an $8 million property and why we will talk with it about all of it with you. Stay tuned. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Morning Minutes. Myself, Michael Burgio, Mark Novak, episode 427. Who would buy an $8 million commercial property or a $5 million or a $10 million? I thought um, I always get asked a lot by friends when I'm out socially. They're, they're, they're very interested. They're like when they see a sale for whatever it is, $4 million, $8 million, 10, and they're just like, who buys that? Who has that type of money? Why would they buy that? Are they are they Chinese? Are they from overseas? Like, who are these people? And I thought, let's have a chat about it, Mark. $8 million. Yeah. It's, um, it's an interesting cats. We've we've done a lot of sales, probably on the northern beaches. Uh, most of the notable sales over $10 million are done by uh, Team Novak. Um, so we do have a reasonably good exposure as to who is the typical buyer for these types of properties. Um, what do you reckon? So you've got, yeah. you've got one for sale, uh, Pedo Pedo Barn, which is a great example, and that's uh, in Brookvale, if you know Warrywood School, uh, Ringamore, it's across the road from Ringamore, it's where the Beeline bus is, Pedo Barn, big blue building, 2,000 metres squared of land, tell us about it, tell us what sort of punters you've had interested. Yeah, I'm just bringing it up now, and you're right, this is a really good example, because it's quite a typical, um, a typical building. Uh, let me just share it so the viewers can see it live. But to be honest, like as 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 strange as it may sound, the majority of the interest has been from your your mum and dad investor, um, who they obviously they've they've done really well over their times. Most of the inquiries have been people who are fifty to sixty, yeah, fifty to sixty years old. Um, and they're really looking for cash flow, Mark. They've, um, when I've asked them about the sort of like other holdings they've got, they've had some substantial amount of residential, where is it here, I'll bring up the asset, residential property, and they're very equity rich. I think the key thing would say, Mark, they're very equity rich, but cash poor. So they want something they may, and a couple of them haven't actually even bought commercial property before. It's their first time buying, but they're wanting something with a secured tenant. So here we have a national tenant on a 10-year lease with a 10-year option. And to put that in perspective, that's rare. Most commercial leases would be three years when you're buying a commercial property. Sometimes when you get like a unique one like ANZ or a bank you'll be lucky enough getting a 10-year lease but it's it's very rare so don't get me wrong we've had um some developers look at the property we've had um some funds look some smaller funds who would typically buy a super center who may who um where our super could be for example and they invest in property but for this asset 
for about $8 million and many others that you and I have sold, Mark, they've been very humbling people. They're like, they're, they're rocking up. We almost joke about it, but they rock up in slippers <laughs> and they're by, you would, you yeah. wouldn't even, you wouldn't even think they're the person running the business, renting the $200 a week office, but they're owning the building. And, um, I think that's and these, probably these, these guys are actually uh, these guys are actually the decision makers. So you you would think okay maybe they, maybe they've got buyers agents or maybe they've got a secretary running around, but most of the time it's actually the, it's actually the buyer that, that we're meeting with um, the buyer that's making the call, the buyer that's inspecting the property, rather than one of their consultants or assistants. Um, they're family people most of the time. Northern beaches, I think, is probably more conducive to that. But um, local, Michael, are they local? Are they not? Majority are local to Sydney, but not. Uh, I reckon half of the big buildings, if not 60%, let's say above a couple million on northern beaches are sold to local people. Um, yep. But everyone sort of New South Wales, Sydney, that definitely to buy not to buy this yeah. big stuff yeah especially the big so stuff if, if you've just tuned in what we're talking about is we've got something for sale at the moment for eight million bananas uh we we do sell a lot of properties 8 12 26 you know with, with the, the, the the big number sort of properties we're just profiling the type of people that are buying these properties and why they would buy these properties it is very interesting you'd think you'd get your um your guy from suits you know the, yeah, the American, uh, Netflix. <laughs> you, you, you think what's his name harvey specter You'd think you'd get your uh, Harvey Specter coming in uh, in his convertible drop-down Mercedes-Benz and buying stuff like that. Not at all. Uh, not at all. Quite the opposite. Very humble. Even there's your Harvey Specter. Even your simple type type of, uh, of people. Uh, obviously, um, well well healed. Uh, but why would they buy something like this, Mr. Burgio? Like, what's the attraction to these <coughs> mums and dads and these guys to buy this? What, like, to spend $8 million in a, is an enormous amount of money for something uh, that you, you, you're investing in. Uh, these guys, these, and so we've established they're local. We've established yes. their uh, 60 percent of the time they're real local. They're sort of within the northern beaches uh, or north of Sydney, north of the lower North Shore, upper North Shore, sort of northern beaches. Uh, we've established that uh, they're not Harvey Specters in their suits. They are coming through themselves. They're not employing assistant uh, assistants or secretaries or kids or anything. Them themselves are coming through. Uh, what, what's the attraction? And the reason I think that's a key point, Mark, is a lot of the time when I've asked them a question, they've made, their, they've made a lot of their wealth through property. So um, we're not necessarily talking with the CEO of this tech fund and all that. A lot of the time, especially for this asset where they're 50, 60, they've just been buying and holding property for 40 years. And that's where they've created their wealth that, and that they're big believers in it. And that's why they're there on the ground with me because they know what they like and they know what what's made them that feeling in the gut every time they've bought a property. Like that, they're very hands-on. Now, the differences of why they're buying this, and we, we can go back and forth on this because I know we had a, a, a difference of an opinion. Um, I find a lot of the clients who would now come to me in their 50s and 60s, 70s to buy this, equity 
equity rich cash poor and they're wanting cash flow. So they may have had five properties over the last 40 years and they bought them when they were 200 grand and now they're worth 10 million, but they don't have their job anymore. And they, they could have had a modest job. Um, I've had school teachers, like very modest. So they don't have that. Uh, a little bit, but not so much. A lot of them, they've worked. But keep in mind, because they're buying this because they know it works. All they know is that way to create wealth. I reckon inheritance would be putting money in stocks. So there may be a little bit of component, but remember they're 60, 50, so they've probably already got their inheritance. Um, but they're looking for cash flow and all they know is property. So they've been buying residential their whole life and now they know commercial. So I do, believe it or not, I do get a lot of one first time commercial buyers buying at $8 million because they've only done residential, but they're like, I have no income. My land tax takes all my income. So then they come to me and they either do two things. They've either got enough finances to buy this and keep the residential, or I even threw something out there that you may even look to sell all your residential worth say $8 million and buy one big commercial asset for $8 million because this would generate you 400 grand income. And let's say $8 million worth of residential may only generate you 150 grand income. So there, there's a lot of that market, it's more cash flow. So why they're buying this is for cash flow. They're property-centric people. Then they're northish or Sydneyish sort of people. They've made their money from from property. Uh, they're uh, they're looking themselves humble people. So what sort of money if, if we um, if 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 one puts the money in the bank? Um, I, what's your return in the bank for having eight million bucks in the bank these days? You probably get hammered. I think, I don't know if you, I, or what is that point one? I heard one of the clients said to me, because they'll talk, they'll talk, yep. we had a building which only had like 10% field and they're like 40 grand yep. incoming. And then she goes to me, that's more than we're making in the bank. And it was, it was an eye opener. Like they're looking at this building, it's 95% empty. It's got, most people have just written off their income because it's 40 grand. It's supposed to generate 400. But then this lady yeah. was like, well, we've got eight million in the bank, and that's generating, say, 0.1. We're actually going to be making more money with off that one tenant buying this building, and we haven't, and it's basically vacant. And when I heard that, I was just like, "That is so like shit, shit." Yeah, who's got, who's got eight? Who's got eight million in the bank anyway? Wow. Um, okay, so. They, so let, using that scenario, if someone has eight million dollars in the bank, which is yeah. pretty, which is which is pretty. That sounds far fetched, but I guess it's out there. Um, so they got eight million in the bank. Now they're getting a 0.1 percent return on that. Here they're going to get a five percent return on their money. So they're going to get a four. What's that? Five percent, which is four hundred grand. So straight away they're getting four hundred. Say you take the money out of the bank, you buy this, you're getting four hundred grand. But you'd like to think in ten years that the actual eight million is going to grow as well as that uh, that rent coming in. Yeah. So how, what what do you reckon you estimate this a property like this has done in the last 10, 20, 30, 40 years? I'm glad you asked. Two thousand meters squared profile. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. So after ten years, the lease would be worth about the rental with the annual increase of three percent. Your rent would be worth yeah. say seven hundred um, four hundred, say six hundred and fifty thousand a year. So even at the same so year, your rent's, your rent's going up every year. 
Yes. So now it's worth 13 million. So not only have you gotten 400 grand cash flow positive, your the value has gone from 8 million to 13 million in the 10 years. Are we talking figures again? Are we going to get in trouble for the office? No, we're all, we're, we're all good. <laughs> because <laughs> on most typical, um, most typical, like I've got the study here. Where was it? I'll tell you exactly. Because Mark, you've got a great, tell us about this software that does the cash flow. You did it for this property. It's amazing. Oh, we're doing figures again. Uh, it's Lisa loves the she loves it. Uh, PIR, um, I'm, I'm happy to share share the software with you guys. Um, what's it, is that uh, over there? 613000 will be the annual rent after 10 years. So it'll be worth $12 million, the building. Yeah. So, you know, what a great way, to, what a great place to have your money. I think that's a wrap. Uh, we've talked about who buys an $8 million property, why they'd buy an $8 million property. Yes, we have for sale an $8 million property. And uh, yes, it's a terrific buy. It's in Brookvale. It's Pedo Barn. Uh, have we put the link in Pedo. there, Mr. Burgess? Sorry? Have we put the link in for our, for our friends? Yeah, I will. So I'll pop the link in here. It's Pedo in Brookvale. We do it all the time, Mark. Like, Mark and I both say pet barn just because it sounds, I don't know, it just sounds strange for us to keep referencing pedo. Like, hey, check out this pedo. Like, it, uh, it doesn't, it's a little bit unique. Okay, so, okay, so pedo is a different brand to, pedo, to pet barn. Pet barn and pedo are two different pet brands. One is yellow, one is blue. So in Brookvale, ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I know the one. Yeah, okay, yeah, great. Okay. Next to McDonald's. Yeah, so um, so it's the blue one, and and, the and they're a great they're a great tenant to have. By the way, they are. If you if you haven't noticed, we talked about pets a couple of days ago that that people are spending an enormous amount on their pets, and uh, it's a terrific tenant to have in your property, uh, Michael. What if this tenant goes bad and you're stuck with an $8 million property? Yes. So no, 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 reflection, no reflection on this business, by the way, but I'm just running correct, a scenario. Correct. No, no, you, you always want to know, and you've got to be careful of if it's been a specific fit out. With this property, you're pretty protected, as in it's a very standard four walls on the roof, big open commercial property. I bring your attention to the old Commonwealth banks. They were super specific with their their um, entrances brought into the property, the stairs up, and we all saw a lot of them stay empty for a couple of years after. And it's a great question you asked, Mark, because as much as the deal looks good now, you want to think worst case scenario, is it lettable? Yeah. And in this case of Pet-O, you've basically got a 1,300 square metre factory, five and a half metre ceilings, double roller doors. You can redevelop the site with the zoning. You could do storage units, retail. You can do a lot there. You could split the existing factory into four, at least two. You've got double, you got two entrances. That's so there's That's a lot you can do here. Um, but on top of a 10 year lease with director personal guarantees, um, they've got 10 franchises. This is one of their fifth, this is their fourth or fifth busiest. So it's very successful for them. Okay.
So worst case scenario, in the event of this tenant exiting the property, there's still you can still do multiple things with the asset. You've still got 2,000 metres squared of great real estate, beautifully zoned. You've still got a 1,300 metres squared incredible factory with high clearance and lots of garage doors. You've got a good backup plan, yeah? Yeah, and that's what's key. Especially because, and but with like with this property, you're not overpaying for the lease. Like the property vacant would be similar price, and the rents under market. You could see the rent even go higher. So, with all those on all those other previous shows we've talked about, Mark, with um, buying commercial investment, make sure the lease isn't inflated and it's relettable. All those things. This ticks those boxes. Profiling an $8 million purchase. We've done it today. Thank you, everybody. Have a good one.